A few weeks ago, I was lying on the floor of my office pretending to meditate with tears running down my face. I wasn't actually meditating. Really, I was just escaping the persistent feelings of overwhelm, dread, and paralysis that I'd been experiencing for days. I knew something was up. And that's when I decided to get to the bottom of this, to find out why I was so burnt out. Welcome to Think About This. I'm Alexis Dean, and I am so glad you're here. For years, I've been building a community to support high-performing, high-impact, wildly generous women entrepreneurs. Yet over the past couple of months, I've had dozens of conversations with entrepreneurs who are feeling completely burned out or on the verge of burnout, just like me. It's something we're thinking about, but we're not talking about it. So many of us have been at what Brene Brown describes as surge capacity for months and months on end. And whether or not your business is succeeding, you're likely feeling the mental and emotional effects of the pandemic too. Burnout has been described as an epidemic of our times. So this season, listen in as I pull back the curtain and talk to experts who can help entrepreneurs like you and I to better understand burnout and stress cycles and improve our mental wellness so that we can continue to live our big dreams and build impactful legacies. I hope that sharing my journey will show you that you too can give yourself permission to raise your hand And if this is the case for you, to say, I'm not okay, and ask for the help you need. On this episode, we're thinking about breathwork and flow consciousness for stress and burnout. Before we begin today's interactive episode, let's start by taking a deep breath in through your nose, holding it at the top, and releasing it slowly out of your mouth. I always find that makes me feel better, regardless of how I was feeling before I paused for a second. Pausing to breathe and being aware of how we're breathing is the first step in learning the practice of breathwork. Today's conversation is more than just an interview because our guests Jackie Nectel and Justin Fairman are going to walk us through a couple of short breathwork practices that are safe to do on our own without in-person guidance. Jackie and Justin are the co-founders of the Flow Consciousness Institute, which is a research body and educational institute that's dedicated to understanding the mechanics of consciousness, reality, human potential, and the relationship between them, and then using these insights to develop practical tools and trainings. Their work focuses on an integrative approach to the expansion of human potential, elevating consciousness and social empowerment, working with global leaders and successful entrepreneurs, while also making the flow consciousness methodology available and accessible to all. On today's episode, you'll learn what's flow consciousness and how is that different from the flow state that we've all heard about, like the one that you can achieve through meditation or surfing, running, music, that sort of thing. What is breathwork and what's the science behind it? What's the difference between breathwork and meditation? What kind of breathwork should you practice? Are there any dangers in breathwork? Like tetany? What's that and how can we avoid it? Plus two easy-to-use short breathwork practices that we're going to experience together right here on today's episode. Take another deep breath and let's enjoy this conversation with Jackie and Justin. So Jackie and Justin, I'm so glad you're here. I just want to dive right in with you and ask you how on earth did you come to be where you are in this world of flow state and starting the Flow Consciousness Institute? I mean, it's such a foreign landscape to me and I'm sure to quite a number of our listeners. And so, yeah, how did, what was your journey? How did you get here? Yeah. 
Well, we each had a, a very different journey. My path was really one to end the cycles of addiction and suffering in my lineage. Um, I come from a family with a, a fair amount of, of trauma and addiction. I lost my brother to an overdose and there's a lot of alcoholism in my family. And so I committed at a very early age to break those patterns and those cycles. And so I started studying psychology and Buddhism and all these Eastern philosophies when I was 14. And really that catalyzed my path losing my brother really accelerated that path. I ended up leaving my life as I knew it in New York, doing a solo journey around the world in preparation to climb Kilimanjaro, ended up at a retreat that totally changed my life. It was a quantum leap in my, my awareness and my understanding. And I, I studied things like mindfulness and these, these different healing modalities. And really that catalyzed a whole other quest of, of studying and learning more and more ways that we can heal and transform and ultimately led to meeting Justin and the co-creation of this methodology. Amazing. And how about you, Justin? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I've, I've always been fascinated by why things are like they are and, and how, how reality works. Even since I was really quite young, five or six years old, I was already asking that question and really trying to understand like how this crazy world I'd been born into operated. And, um, but to keep things, to keep things manageable, like about 17 years ago now, when I was around 19 or 20, I was going through kind of a challenging time in my life and was depressed and not really feeling good for a lot of reasons. And um, a, uh, I, I ended up working with a naturopath and he introduced me to yoga and meditation and organic, you know, food and, eating well and taking care of myself. And I just had this incredible profound transformation in the course of like three weeks. I went from being the most unhappy and depressed and, and the most suffering I'd ever been to like literally being the happiest. And, um, you know, I, I, if you'd see me at the time, I felt like I was floating a couple inches off the ground, you know, just meditating for like an hour a day and doing yoga. And, and I, my life was totally transformed. I felt incredible. And that got me really passionate and fascinated with you know, consciousness, personal development, spirituality, um, you know, peak performance and, and what, what is possible when we can unlock our full potential. And so that sent me on this epic journey to really understand, you know, the mechanics of these things. And it involves starting multiple companies and successful businesses and working with mentors who are really masterful at what we would call living in a high level of flow consciousness. And that got me even further interested in that. And so I kind of have an engineer's mind and I um, was really fascinated about like the science behind all of this and how it actually operated beyond, you know, some personal development platitudes and stuff like that. And so, you know, I dug into that for a few years and started to really find some answers and figure out how we could reliably get into states of flow and flow consciousness. And that's about when my path synced up with Jackie. And uh, we had both independently been working with people and doing trainings. And so we decided to join forces and, you know, six years ago now. So uh, yeah, we've been there for the world ever since. I love that. I love that within like three weeks, your life completely changed. And I think that's just such an important message for everyone just to imagine that, you know, it doesn't have to be this way if you're not in the state that you want to be living in, that you know, there's an option and there's another way to be. And I guess that brings me to my next question. Like, what is flow consciousness? Like, how do we describe that? What does that, that mean to kind of the average person listening? 
Yeah, we, we describe flow consciousness as a, a new operating system for your consciousness that allows you to live in a more limitless reality. And really, it's it's a way of being that as you strip away all of the, the programming, the conditioning, all of the lack, limitation, scarcity, all of these mindsets that we've taken on subconsciously, as you start to peel that away, it allows you to tap into your pure potential and you start to create in a way that's effortless. You're aligning with your passion and purpose. You're uh, learning how to tap into your intuition, which is superior to your, your rational mind. And, and so it, it's really, it, it's, it's more of a way of, of being in your essence. Yeah. Another way to think about it is like an accelerated path to unlocking your full potential and reaching peak states of consciousness, health, wealth, impact, purpose, you know, and so on and so forth. Pretty much every area of your life can be transformed by living in flow for the better. And, you know, it differs a little bit from flow states. More and more people are hearing about what flow states are. And flow states is really about peak performance, to, you know, to summarize. It's when we feel our best and perform our best. And, you know, the thing about flow states is they come and go and they're more based on certain conditions existing in your environment. And um, they don't necessarily involve like major transformations and self-identity or, um, you know, how we live our life. And they're not necessarily like a, a philosophy or a way of living. It's more like, hey, we're going to get into a flow state now. Whereas flow consciousness, like Jackie was saying, it's much more akin to like a stage of personal or spiritual or, or, or you know, life development where we actually like evolve ourselves at the core of our being. And that causes us to see the world differently, to see ourselves differently, to think and operate differently. And in doing that, we get completely different results that bring us into more flow and harmony and uh, ease and effortlessness instead of, you know, hustling and grinding and suffering and struggling. I love that. We've had a few conversations and just, you know, if this is the listener's first time tuning in, this whole series on burnout came because I found myself in a place where I just hit a real low and I was in pretty bad burnout and I couldn't see potential for myself and I definitely wasn't tapping into intuition. And, you know, the other day I found a journal entry that I had written a couple months ago when I was in that place and I like could not imagine even feeling the way I feel now. And, you know, for me, it was like, okay, what are the things I can do to kind of temporarily get out of this? Which I think is what our other guests have definitely spoken to. You know, we had a Navy SEALs mindset trainer. He talked about some of the ways that you can get into flow state. Uh, he talked about some of the, the tools and strategies that you can use, but a lot of those seem temporary. Same thing as when we talk about like, oh, you can kind of get into flow state. For me, it's through trail running or those temporary things. But I love what you're saying about this being an opportunity, not just to be temporarily in flow state, to be consciously living that way all the time. I think that's super radical. And I, I hope that it's something that more people can learn and definitely learn from you. I mean, there's so much here, <laughs> like, but what you are doing in the world, I think is really, really important work. And, um, and I know when Jackie and I were speaking, one of the things that came up for me was a question around breath work. Um, and I know that's become quite a bit more popular and I'm wondering, is breath work just another one of those like temporary flow state things, or is it an opportunity to maybe step into living in flow consciousness or what, what would the tie be for you? And maybe let's start by saying like, what is breath work? I'm <laughs> like, how does that work? Yeah. Well, breath work is, is one modality that you can use to regulate your nervous system and bring you into a more of a, a flow state. And it's been around for thousands of years. So it's, it's, 
becoming popular now, but it, it's really an ancient practice. And there's so many different types of breath work that we could focus on. But really, you know, when I was living out of alignment and running a lot of old patterns and programming, I was living in chronic low-grade anxiety and I didn't even realize it. And we've somehow as a society normalized stress. We, th- you know, it's just like, oh, we're so busy. We're just work yeah, is like a badge. Right. It, it's like, we think that's a great thing. Exactly. That's, a, you know, you get bragging rights for, for that, which, you know, really needs to change because stress reduces your immunity and leaves you susceptible to illness. And so I was living in this low grade anxiety and constant stress, which led to burnout. And yeah, I got a chronic autoimmune condition and, and was really not well. And so breathwork is, is one of these practices that we have access to. It's free, it's abundant. All you need to do is, you know, know how to use these different, there's, you know, so many different types of breath and we could cover some of them. Um, but it really is a way to take you out of the sympathetic fight or flight response. You know, when we're in chronic stress, we're, we're operating in fight or flight And so this brings us into a more parasympathetic rest and digest a healing state so that we, you know, we instantly calm down, our heart rate slows down, and we're more able to think clearly and, you know, have access to our higher order executive functions that shut down when we're in fight or flight. And so that's why we make irrational decisions when we're stressed. So it's, it's a powerful tool to instantly regulate your nervous system. I love it. I mean, I, uh, I don't know, almost eight years ago now, I guess I did one of the 10 day meditation retreats in Southern Thailand. It was Vipassana style, but not Vipassana. And I experienced something that sounds similar, but I know that breath work is different from typical meditation. So what are some of the ways that that varies? Is it something people can practice more continuously than meditation? Or if people are listening and they're like, oh yeah, I meditate, that's the same. What would you say is the major difference between typical meditations and breath work? There's some overlap because a lot of meditative styles have uh, breath patterns that you do as part of them. And they're very synergistic for sure. Um, A lot of, you know, ancient traditions teach like breath work is preparation for meditation. Um, It's like a part of like a, a longer practice, but. So like an alternate nostril breath for yeah. example, is, is a, an ancient modality to facilitate and assist in meditation. Yeah. But I mean, you know, typically like you could meditate all day, but if you did breath work in a more intensive style all day, a more mellow style, like uh, box breathing or just breathing deeply and stuff like that, that's something you could do potentially all day would require some mindfulness, but, um, but usually breath work is like a shorter practice where you kind of do it intentionally for a set period of time. And then that primes you into a certain state and you go about your day. And for most people, that's how meditation will be as well. But you can, you know, obviously safely take meditation for a, a pretty long period of time, whereas certain more intense styles of breath work, you wouldn't want to be doing them like for extended periods of time. That could be a little dangerous, actually. 
Right. Yeah. I've experienced that actually. <laughs> the first time that I tried it and I did, I have like tried this, but I don't know that I tried it with the best guide. My lips turned blue and my hands went numb and, and I, I can't remember what that experience is, but it's something similar to when I had a really severe allergic reaction. So I immediately was like, oh, this must be not for me. And then I've tried it again since then and had a more positive experience. And so really, really want to learn and, and lean into, sorry, um, why this works and, and what this looks like for people. Uh, because I think that having this as a tool uh, could really help people. So what's yeah. the science behind it? Like, what are we, what are people doing when they're changing their breathing patterns and breathing out of one nostril or doing the box breathing, which I know you're going to walk us through, but when they're changing breathing patterns, do we know what's actually going on in the brain or how it's actually changing things for us? Yeah. So it's, it's a little different for each of the breath practices, you know, you know, the, the practice that you're speaking to, um, you know, where your, your hands were going numb and stuff. I'm, I'm sure that was more of like a, a circular breathing or a, one of these longer breathwork practices that are really designed to, um, to move energy in your body and clear out different blockages and, and to heavily oxygenate your blood. And, and so it shifts the balance of oxygen and carbon dioxide in your blood. And so you get something called tetany. And um, so, you know, that can be a very scary experience for people if they're not primed for it. And they think, oh my God, I'm going to live with these lobster hands forever. And that was me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it's just shifting the balance of oxygen and carbon dioxide in the blood. And you know, when you're doing any type of breath work, what it's doing is stimulating the vagus nerve. And that nerve is responsible for the healing response and bringing you into a parasympathetic state. And so instantly calming you down, slowing your heart rate, increasing the oxygen in your body. And so any type of breath work, you know, the, there's the, the practices, like we mentioned, the, the box breath, or, you know, some of these shorter practices of four, seven, eight breath, that's going to really regulate your nervous system to bring it into that calming healing response. Awesome. Well, I'm excited because I know that you're going to give our listeners kind of an experience of this. So before we have you do anything or guide the, the listener through a breathwork exercise, what are some things that we should be aware of? Like what you just described, the tetany, like, could that happen from something that you would do in the podcast? Or is that something really that would just happen in more of a guided breathwork session when you're live with people? Yeah, that's, that's usually more in an extended breathwork session where you're doing like a constant, really strong breath through your mouth for the whole time. And so that's typically when you get this experience doing something like a simple box breath is really just going to activate this this calming and healing response. This is what the elite Navy SEALs are, are using to increase their concentration, but also, you know, to bring them to a place of calm, centered, grounded clarity so that they can make good decisions. Because again, you don't want to be making decisions when you're in fight or flight and stressed because you lose access to your higher order functioning. And so that's when we, we make snap decisions that aren't always the, the best ones to make. And so, um, yeah, in, in a, a longer, more healing breathwork practice that, that can cause some cathartic emotional release and things like that. It, it's a, a very different experience. So there, there's nothing really, it, it's a, a very gentle breath. And it, so what people should know is, is really that our society 
for the most part, doesn't know how to breathe. We're breathing really, really quickly and shallow, mostly from our shoulders and chest. So if you just pause and check in with yourself and see when, when you're breathing is, is your chest rising and falling, or is it your shoulders rising and falling and, and see, is that where your breath is coming from? Is it short and shallow? Because one of the simplest things that we can do is shift to a more diaphragmatic breathing pattern. And so that's, you know, just belly breathing. And you can just put your hands on your belly and imagine that you're inflating a balloon. So breathing in through the nose and as you're breathing in, imagining this balloon filling, your belly filling up with air and allowing your belly to rise and fall as you're breathing. And the more slowly you breathe, the more deeply you breathe, the more rhythmically you breathe, that's going to bring you into this, this calm and, and soothing response. Awesome. Yeah. I find, and I'm sure, you know, anyone listening when you're potentially on a podcast or when I'm interviewing people, I, all of a sudden my breathing goes up here when I'm standing in front of an audience. And you know, that's when I feel like it all goes out the window, <laughs> like so much for diaphragmatic breathing. So my guess is, and you can verify this, is that the more you practice this, just when you're by yourself and exercises like box breathing or other exercises that you do in breath work, the easier it is to attain that state when you're in a stressful situation or when the stakes are higher or, you know, when you're having a board meeting or any of those scenarios. <laughs> Absolutely. So and, I would. That's the beauty of the breath is you have access it, to it anytime, anywhere, you know, some of the, we're going to teach another tool today that, um, you know, is also very readily accessible, but some of the tools that we teach in our, our trainings, it, it's not something that you can just do in a board meeting, whereas your breath, you know, it's, it's easy to just bring conscious awareness to these automatic processes that we're having. And so just by paying attention to the breath, you know, concentrating on, on breathing through your diaphragm, that alone will be enough to shift your state. But if you're doing a, a more formal, say a box breath practice or something, you know, and you want to do that for a couple minutes and you could do it when you're in a triggered state and you're feeling some nervous system activation, or you can just do it anytime. And, and the more you practice, the more just naturally you'll start to breathe more deeply. Sounds amazing. Um, so is there anything else we would need to do or know before you dive into giving us a, an experience of trying out box breathing and the other practice that you mentioned? Is there anything we should front load with for those who are listening? Um, I think that we should probably just do the breath and then I'll give a little preamble for the other one because it's got awesome. its own use cases and stuff. So for sure. And if they're listening whilst they're driving, is this okay to do when they're driving? No. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I mean, it, it, your eyes are open in this one, so it, it, you can, um, but you know, to, just to bring awareness, full presence and awareness to the practice, I would say, especially as you're learning, it's, it's very helpful. So just finding a, a comfortable seat, grounding your feet flat on the floor, feeling the weight of your body being supported beneath you. Awesome. So if you're driving, pull over or wait till you get to the driveway. If your kids are asleep in the back, <laughs> <laughs> this could be a soothing experience for them. Um, and yeah, I'll let you take it away with the first breathing technique. Yeah. 
Beautiful. So we'll start with the box breath, like we had mentioned, which is this very, very simple practice. It's also called a square breath or four by four breath, because you're going to be inhaling for a count of four, holding for a count of four, exhaling for a count of four, and then holding for a count of four. And so you just keep repeating that and you do that for a couple minutes. It's, it's very simple. And so, you know, sometimes I'll take my finger and draw a box to remember where I am in the breath, if that's helpful, or sometimes I'll kind of keep the count with my hand on my leg. Um, but that's, that's really it. So just, you know, grounding your feet flat on the floor, find yourself comfortable in your chair. And first, you just want to exhale out all of the breath in your lungs as much as you can. Often we leave the air in our lungs to really breathe it all out. And then inhale for a count of four, two, three, four. Hold, two, three four, exhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, and again, inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four. We'll do two more. Inhale. Hold. Exhale. And hold. Inhale. Hold. Exhale and hold. And just return back to your natural breath. And that was really only a minute or so of this practice, but you get the idea. You could just keep doing that for say, you know, five minutes of, of breathing and, and just notice, Alexis, are you feeling any differently after just, just a minute? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was a minute. And and again, like we've never really done this on the podcast, but I hope that our listeners were able to get to a position where they could do this or saved it for, you know, like the end of the car ride or stop on your walk. I just was sitting here at my desk staring at the window at the nice trees outside and they have some snow on them. And it was just like, I felt like I just took a whole vacation in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy. Really, we, we have access to our breath. It's such an abundant available tool for us to use. And, 
you know, so that's a super simple practice that you could do really anytime, anywhere. And whether you're feeling stressed or not, but just to bring you into that more coherent state. And what we're going to share with you now is more of an advanced practice, and it's actually dealing with the underlying root. So, you know, again, we think it's normal to be stressed, but it's actually not. Um, and so when we look at what is the root that's creating stress, depression, anxiety, you know, we have all of these underlying emotions that we, we haven't really properly learned what to do with them. And so this is a, a technique that we teach that utilizes the breath. And it's a, another simple but incredibly effective process that you can use to actually release your emotions and, and process them in real time. I love it. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I should also probably add that, you know, I can completely relate to all of this because this morning I was up at 4am and unable to sleep because of stress <laughs> and anxiety about the business, about our growth, about, you know, paying deposits and all the things that entrepreneurs normally deal with. And I think, yeah, like this is the kind of stuff that should be taught in school. Nobody knows how to, you know, we're not typically raised to be able to process all of these emotions. And I agree. And we're all dealing with our individual stress from whatever's going on in our lives or business or relationships, but then you've got the, the weight of the collective stress and the pandemic and everything that, you know, is, is doubling that experience. So it's really helpful to have tools. Yeah. Awesome. We'll dive into it. I'm excited. Yeah. So this, this is basically, we, we have a lot of different tools that we teach in, in our program of varying degrees of, um, you know, uh, what you could say is like entry level to advance, right? And this is more entry level technique because maybe the first time that a lot of people are doing something like this and it's still very, very powerful and effective. Um, but it's, you know, one in a spectrum of, of many. So just helpful to understand the context. And, um, and this, you know, this technique, like Jackie was saying, is designed to help release stuck fear and other emotions. It can be used for any emotion that is unpleasant, or we would call negative emotion. Um, and so, you know, fear, anxiety, anger, shame, whatever, uh, you can, you can use it. If it doesn't feel good in your body, then that's, that's a sign that, you know, you either want to do some breath work or ideally use this practice uh, additionally, because it's going to help to resolve whatever is creating that underlying stress, like Jackie was saying. So um, basically the, how it works is that when, when you feel fear or any kind of negative emotional state, it causes your um, nervous system to go into sympathetic response because the body thinks, you know, at a really deep level that it's in danger, right? That's why we have these emotions. It's reacting to something to keep you safe. So it feels that it's in danger. And so we go into this heightened fight or flight sympathetic response, and that's when these negative emotions start to come up. And then we get sucked into them and they start to alter our thinking and can cause us to make bad decisions or just be stressed and chip away at our health. So what this technique does is it takes that sympathetic response and it transforms it into a parasympathetic response. And it actually like rewires your neurology to be in a parasympathetic response. So instead of that triggering thing causing you to go into fear in the future, now you've learned, you've reprogrammed your body to react from a place of calmness. And in doing so, you actually release that fear or whatever that pattern is that's coming up. And now you're back in what we would call like your true self, or you're able to access flow states and be in flow consciousness because you're centered, you're in an emotional neutrality 
or even just feeling really great. And that's the place you want to be in. Um, and so it's really simple practice. And um, I'll just, just walk you through it in a nutshell. And maybe Jackie will demonstrate here because uh, it's helpful to see. Um, but in essence, what you're going to be doing is calling up a negative emotion. You might have a couple that are already present on the surface. Um, a lot of us just kind of operate with stress and negative emotions in the background. And so if that's the case, it'll be really easy to tap into it. But if not, then we recommend that you think about something that might cause you some fear or some stress, like a situation you're worried about or something in the past that maybe was stressful for you and hasn't been resolved. And these are all ways to just access to bring these negative emotions to the surface it's because a lot, a lot of times they hang out below the surface. We want to bring them to the surface so we can start working with them. And once you have tapped into it and you're starting to feel um, a negative uh, emotion, we recommend that you give it a, a rating somewhere from like one to 10, 10 obviously being like very extreme and strong and one being, you know, maybe you notice something, but it's pretty mellow. So just rate it so you can track your progress. It's helpful to um, measure the shift to show you that something's happening. And so once you've got the emotion up, you've rated it, then what we want you to do is just close your eyes and let yourself feel what's coming up as strongly as you can. And as you do, start to bring in some breath work, just start to take deep, slow, rhythmic breaths. And then you're going to take your dominant hand and you're going to place it on the back of your the base of your skull. And so right where you're, there's like a squishy, spongy part on your neck and then it merges into your skull bone there. Um, so that's the, that's the top area. And you're going to start there. What you're going to do is as you're breathing, as you're letting yourself feel this intense emotion, you're going to start massaging that area pretty gently. You want it to feel good and calming. If you do it too hard, it might feel stressful. So just whatever feels calm, like medium is usually the right intensity. You're going to start massaging there and then slowly move down your neck all the way to the the top of your spine. And you'll know that you're there because there's a protrusion. There's a bone there called the C7, cervical seven vertebrae. And that um, is basically the point you're gonna massage up and down between. So basically your skull down to that point, you're just gently massaging up and down as you just do your best to feel the emotion what's ever present there without holding on to it. Just feel whatever's coming up and be present to it and just keep rubbing and breathing deeply. And if you want, you can also sigh and make some audible noises with your with your breath on the exhale so you know just like you're sitting down in your favorite chair or you just you know dipped into a hot springs or something right just the sigh you might let out to to just really relax that'll help this along and so you just keep going and you do this for about 30 seconds to a minute and what you'll notice is the intensity of that emotion will be going down while you're doing this and it may even completely resolve in the process and so after about a minute or so max like just stop and take inventory and now notice where you are on that one to ten scale maybe you were an eight when you started and now you're a three or a zero or a four um any improvement is obviously positive but we want to ideally get down to like one or zero so if you notice that you're above a one or a zero then keep going so just take another deep breath bring up whatever's left and then repeat that process and you can do this as many times as you need, even three, four or five times in a row. And eventually what will happen is you'll get down to uh, a one or a zero. And at that point, you can safely say that it's gone and you've, you've had a reprogramming of your, of your nervous system. 
And this, this movement right here massages your vagus nerve and other nerves that regulate your nervous system and helps your body to calm down. So it's a really cool, simple science-based practice to basically eliminate uh, negative emotions and allow you to get back to feeling centered, feeling good. So you can go about your day without, you know, dragging the ball and chain of fear around with you. Yeah. So again, prolonging the exhalation, exhaling with a sigh or making a sound and ah, or humming along with it is going to help to stimulate that vagus nerve and bring on that calming healing response. So it's so simple, just deep rhythmic breathing along with the calling up the emotion and, and massaging from the, the base of the skull to the, the top of your shoulders, essentially. Yeah. And Amazing. just share a couple more things too, to help people troubleshoot. Yeah. Um, if you, if this is your first time, uh, it may feel challenging to try and do all these things at once. That's normal. And so just take it slow. And if you just, the first time you need to just breathe and the second time you need to just do the motion just to get used to all that, go for it. Feel free to practice ahead of time. Um, and it's actually helpful for it to be challenging because that's part of what can rewire your brain and interrupt the pattern. Um, so it's actually good, but you'll get better at it and it'll become second nature pretty quick. Uh, also, um, if you, what can happen too, is sometimes we have multiple emotions that are connected all together. So we can have fear, anxiety, and anger all come up at the same time or one after another. So you might do it and then you feel the fear is gone, but now you're feeling anxiety or you're feeling angry. It's not that it didn't work. That's just another emotion that's present, all part of that cluster that's related to whatever triggered you. So you just want to keep going until all those emotions that are coming up have gone down. Or, you know, if you feel like stopping for whatever reason, you can also do that. And then the last thing last one or two things here is just make sure that you're not trying to resist the emotion itself. A lot of people have from their past experience, they didn't have tools like this. So intense, uncomfortable emotion comes up and they just like, uh, got to stop feeling this. I don't know what to do with this. And so we have a, a pattern. A lot of us have patterns of just pushing it down. So this is the opposite. You really want to let yourself feel, and it might feel uncomfortable a little bit at first, especially that's good. You want to feel that because that means it's right there and it's on its way out. And emotions are just energy in our body. And the thing is, we we put these labels on them, right? So, you know, Alexis, you're on stage a lot and maybe you have butterflies in your belly and you could interpret that as fear or anxiety, or you could interpret that as excitement, depending on what you believe about public speaking. And so we tend to interpret our you know, the sensations in our body through the lens of our beliefs and our perceptions. And we label them, you know, positive or negative emotions when really it's just energy. And so when we're willing to feel, we're able to heal. And so by using the breath, we get to move that energy and, and neuroscience shows that emotions cycle through in 90 seconds or less, if we're willing to be there with them. And so if we can meet them with acceptance and presence and, and move it with the breath, it cycles through. If you look at kids, they're constantly shifting emotions. One minute they're, you know, screaming and angry. The next they're laughing and, you know, the next they're crying. And, and so that's what we're meant to do. Our emotions are meant to be like clouds that pass through in the sky, but we identify with them and we attach to them and we're afraid of them and in resistance to them. And that's when that energy gets stuck in our body. 
And that's when we have this chronic stress, which leads to depression, anxiety, illness, all these sorts of things. When we can use these tools as, as simple as they are to move that energy, it doesn't get stuck. Yeah. I think that's like, I mean, again, one of the things that has come up over and over again in my life and, you know, my journey with burnout, but also just, you know, I've been in therapy for a long time. I've spoken openly about this and often a therapist will say, well, you have to feel your feelings. And I've always been like a very practical person. So I'm like, well, how the hell do you do that? <laughs> how do you actually feel your feelings? But honestly, this little exercise that you just walked us through, Justin, um, even just doing that and actually letting the feeling come up and feeling like I can do something with this, not just like, okay, I'm going to feel my feeling and then I'm going to, you know, be in tears and just feel yeah. like garbage. Yeah. Like this actually almost provides like a good outlet for it. And you're still able to acknowledge how you're actually feeling, acknowledge the emotion, acknowledge the stress or the anxiety or the, you know, the thing that is causing that. I love it. I love this exercise. And, uh, yeah, when we're willing to feel we're able to heal, it should probably be on everyone's wall somewhere. <laughs> Yeah. And it's so true, but again, we're not given the tools. And so, you know, there's four types of emotional processing that we talk about repression and suppression, which, you know, is, is what we do when we're stuffing down our emotions, which is what I did for most of my life, to be perfectly honest, because I didn't have tools and I didn't have models of people who knew how to be with their feelings. And so the easiest thing to do was stuff it down or push it away you know, so repression, suppression, escaping through um, really anything. It could be drugs, it could be alcohol, it could be work, it could be running, it could be any sort of thing that we're doing to actually avoid feeling our feelings. And then expressing our emotions can be uh, healthy or unhealthy, depending on the expression. If you're punching holes in the wall, probably less so if you're creating art. Yeah you know, a little healthier of an expression, but the best way to be with your emotions is what we've just shown you is to actually process and release them, you know, bonus points if you do it in real time. So that way it doesn't get stuck because what happens is we get triggered by something, something seemingly minute, right? You know, someone cuts you off in traffic. All of a sudden you have this totally irrational outburst that anger or frustration is connected to all of the other unprocessed emotional imprints over your entire life. So it's like a beach ball that's been stuffed down and then ultimately comes out sideways. And so, you know, we can proactively go in and clear out these emotional imprints and the stuck energy in the body through the pranayama, through the, you know, different practices and tools that we teach. So that way it frees up more space in your nervous system. And the more willing you are to go into the anger, the sadness, the fear, knowing that this is just energy, it unlocks the equal and opposite amount of joy, bliss, pleasure, freedom, you know, on the other side of it. And so the benefits are exponential. Amazing. Um, I feel like we could probably carry on for another four hours. You have so much to give, yeah. um, but I want to respect uh, your time. And so before we go, is there anything else that you think um, our listeners would need to hear from your head or from your heart um, for those who are entrepreneurs who are listening? Any wisdom or? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of, I would just encourage people to really dive in that this is as critical and essential to your growth and success, both in business and life, 
as any strategy, any, um, you know, any planning, any whatever else you're doing, because at the end of the day, you know, if it's if it's your business or you're in leadership in a company, like it's your decisions that have the biggest impact on everything. And this kind of practice is going to lead you to make exponentially better decisions, utilize your time better, tap into your intuition, come up with incredible ideas. And so, you know, people and entrepreneurs often think that like it's all about the bottom line and they just have to do everything to optimize revenue. But this does that through your own healing and expansion of consciousness and your own personal development in ways that you just can't do with, you know, normal strategies. So it's really, really valuable practice. And it may seem like, oh, I'll do this if I have time. But what we find is that the people that put this kind of stuff front and center are the ones that really have massive uh, results in their life and their business because it's that powerful. Yeah. Your business is just a reflection of yourself. And, and so when you have these tools, this in particular, what we shared, gives you the ability to respond rather than to react. And, and that moment of pause is everything. Because when you're making decisions from a reactive place, that's when you say things you don't mean. That's when, you know, everything goes sideways. So giving yourself the space to pause so you get to consciously choose your response as opposed to reacting from your past allows you you know, you're, when you're not processing these emotions and these imprints, you're defaulting from your past into your, your present and your future. Whereas this pause gives you the ability to consciously choose it. Amazing. Yeah. I feel like this is the, the not so secret weapon of some of the top entrepreneurs in the world. Um, and I'm super excited to connect you with our listeners and we'll put in the show notes how to work with you too and um, link to your website. And yeah, is there anything else that you would want to share? Where do they find you just right off the bat? We'll put it in the show notes as well, but um, where can our yeah. listeners find you and your work? Blue Consciousness Institute. If you even get it half correct in Google, it'll take you there, but flowconsciousness.com or flowconsciousinstitute. And also follow us on social media. Um, you know, we're both on all the normal platforms. So, And we'll link that in the show notes. Thank you both. I feel so much more relaxed, even just those two exercises. It was like a mini vacation. And certainly if I'm up again at 4 a.m. tomorrow, stressing about business finances and hiring decisions <laughs> and things, then I'm going to uh, try that the Vegas nerve massage and uh, some box breathing as well. And my partner hears me like sighing away in the bed next to him. <laughs> He'll listen to this too. He'll know what's going on. <laughs> but um, thank you both. This was a wonderful uh, conversation. Thank you. Our pleasure. Yes. Thanks for having us. Our pleasure. I feel like I just took a mini vacation. And I couldn't agree more with Jackie's comment that your business is just a reflection of yourself. When we're emotionally balanced and healthy, feeling conscious, clear-headed, and able to pause before we make big decisions, our businesses can go so much further. So today, I invite you to think about how might you practice checking in with yourself throughout the day to recognize how you're breathing and how you're feeling? Are you breathing from the diaphragm or is your breathing up in your chest? I've actually just set some alarms on my phone to help me do those check-ins. Maybe you want to try it. Second, what type of emotional processing do you regularly turn to? Is it repression and suppression with things like food, alcohol, sex, or other activities? Are you attempting to regulate your nervous system? Are these the strategies that you want to continue? Or might there be some other choices that you can make 
to really process and release your emotions. Next, how do you label your emotions? As Jackie shared, we tend to label them as positive or negative when really they're just energy that we can move through us by using our breath. Lastly, could you consistently experiment with the box breathing technique or the vagus nerve massage practice that Justin guided us through to really dive into your feelings and feel those feelings rather than just pushing them down or away? Thank you again to Jackie and Justin. You can find their work at flowconsciousnessinstitute.com or at Jackie Nectel on Instagram. And that's in our show notes today. I'll leave you with my favorite quote from Jackie today. When we're willing to feel, we're able to heal. See you next week.